0: It's a beautiful day here in Hermosa Beach. Welcome to Repurpose. I'm your host, Lucas Camiso, Realtor with RE-MAX and president of the Hermosa Beach Kiwanis Club. I've changed the name of my podcast in order to better reflect my brand. The mission remains the same, to provide value by delivering educational real estate content. I'll discuss information such as recent sales, new listings, professional advice, and market insights from the industry's top professionals. Today I'm going to walk through an offer. The document used by the California Association of Realtors to make an offer is the RPA, Residential Purchase Agreement. There are 10 pages in the RPA, but an offer requires an additional four documents in order to be considered complete. The AD is known as the Agency Disclosure, and it explains the duties of a Buyer's Agent, a Seller's Agent, and a Dual Agent. The second page of this document provides definitions of standard real estate terms, like listing, offer, and real property. Next we have the PRBS. Brokers may represent more than one buyer or seller. PRBS stands for Possible Representation of More Than One Buyer or Seller. An example, there may be more than one Remax agent representing a buyer that has submitted an offer on a listing. Next in line, we have the WFA, Wire Fraud Advisory. The language in this document states, do not wire or electronically transfer funds prior to calling to confirm transfer instructions. Only use contact info that you were previously provided with. Here are some examples. In 2018, I received a call from my escrow officer regarding a suspicious change in wiring instructions. It's important to have people on your team that will contact you directly or confirm prior to making decisions. Most recently, on February 22nd of 2020, a San Diego couple lost nearly $775,000 in a wire fraud scam. This goes to show the importance of working with your team your Realtors, your Escrow Officers, before you make any definitive movements. Now, the RPA, as I said, is a 10-page document and it starts with the date the offer was drafted following the property's address. Moving along in the document, the agency relationships are stated as well as details regarding the financing for the transaction. A good faith deposit is made to escrow by the buyer at the beginning of the transaction. Whether it is a cash offer or loan amount is specified on the first page of the RPA with description of applicable interest rates and points. Now per the contract, proof of funds must be provided within three days after accepting an offer. To clarify, a smart listing agent will never accept an offer without proof of funds. For a buyer's agent, they should recommend including proof of funds or pre-approval with your offer as this is what shows a seller that you are seriously motivated. Further along in the offer, you have contingencies. Your standard appraisal period is 17 days and the loan period is 21 days. I'll talk more about timelines and contingencies, which arise on page six later in this episode, addenda and advisories. The buyer's inspection advisory is a document that is included in your purchase. The Statewide Buyer-Seller Advisory is another additional document that is included in a typical transaction. There are other advisories that are relevant in a trust sale, probate, or similar scenarios. When we talk about allocating costs, parties negotiate who will pay for reports, transfer taxes, fees, escrow and title, and any other HOA costs if those are applicable. Next in the RPA, describe the items that are included or excluded in the sale. These can be negotiated between the buyer and seller's agents. And if you move forward, we arrive at disclosures. Things like lead-based paint, environmental and natural hazards, even Megan's Law database. These are items that are covered in the disclosures section and there are separate documents that may pertain. There are additional contingency periods as part of the purchase agreement, and I'll explain a few. Contract gives sellers up to seven days to deliver any and all reports and disclosures to the buyer. It's in the best interest of both parties for this exchange to happen within three days from acceptance of the offer. Sellers should relay all known disclosures to the buyer, allowing buyers and their agent to negotiate and make informed decisions. Buyer has 17 days after it offers acceptance to complete their inspections. This is standard in the contract, but I'd like to talk a bit more about how this relates to buyers and sellers. In terms of sellers, I would suggest a counter offer to reduce the period of seven to 10 days for buyers inspections. This allows plenty of time to coordinate and conduct inspections, and you don't want a buyer to take you off of the market, so to speak only for them to decide 17 days later from now that they no longer want to purchase the property based on inspection findings. From a buyer's perspective, reducing your inspection period to seven to ten days shows the seller you're truly motivated and thus strengthens your offer. One of the remaining items left on the RPA are the discussion of remedies for the breach of contract and additional boilerplate real estate definitions. That concludes the RPA. And the final document, the BIA, is only one page and it is the buyer's inspection advisory. This is included along with your offer. The document states that a buyer has affirmative duty to exercise reasonable care in terms of performing inspections. It also states in the BIA that the physical condition of property is not guaranteed by a seller or their broker. So, a buyer typically orders physical and termite inspections, but it is the responsibility of the buyer to perform investigations for things like the home condition, to see if there are pests, mold, or issues with the roof or sewer line. So we've discussed the five documents that are required for a complete offer and we've explored many aspects of the residential purchase agreement. I'd like to stress the importance of paying attention to detail by sharing a short anecdote. My father became a realtor in his early twenties during the 1980s. He recollected one transaction for a newly constructed property. As the closing date neared, the buyer and buyer's agent did a final walkthrough to verify the property's condition, a standard practice. Afterwards, the agent called my father who was representing the seller. The buyer's agent had written the right address, but the incorrect unit number. The buyer had wanted to purchase a different unit in the townhome complex, but ended up performing and closing on my father's listing. The message here, every detail matters. I'm grateful to all the listeners tuning in and I applaud you for making an effort to expand your understanding of real estate. In the next episode of Repurpose, I'm going to talk about the pros and cons of a pre-listing inspection. Please subscribe, comment, and share with your friends and family. This concludes today's episode, and we'll see you next week back here on Repurpose. Thanks for tuning in.